Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy wherever they get their podcasts. This is RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. It's the start of a very exciting weekend for the 24H series. Live here on RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. It's the first ever Hankook 24 Hours of Sebring. Yes, yet again. And thankfully, uh, we are able to make a trip for Creventic to the United States after a couple of seasons where we ran at Cota. Sadly, beyond Dubai, there were, there were no further flyaway races in 2020. But the much-anticipated seventh round of the season can take place with a slightly adjusted timetable, it has to be admitted to. But at least a plan to get the race started a little bit later on today. And before that, 30 minutes of qualifying for all the cars that have been entered at this famous venue. They've been racing here since 1950 on the historic concrete and asphalt mixture. And you'll hear every bit of qualifying and just about, well, a little bit of a pause for the overnight period of the race, but otherwise a great portion of the first section and then the run to the flag will be broadcasted live here on the Radio Show Limited network. It's the full cast members as well. We'll get through those in a moment or two. But Johnny Palmer kicking things off for just under 30 minutes of qualifying for the TCE and the GTE cars. The Hancock International Endurance Series on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. So delighted that you can be with us and thank you very much for your patience because the coverage of this event should have happened, what, a couple of days ago. An amazing bit of organisation, of rejigging, of logistics coming out of their ears to be able to put this event on from a Creventic perspective. And uh, it's, you'll be delighted to hear not just myself, Johnny Palmer, but a man who's been in place and raring to go for those two days that I mentioned, Nick Damon. We talk about this place being incredibly bumpy on a lap. We'll talk about a bumpy road to even get to this point of the weekend. We have made it, though. You have made it because you're on site in, uh, I was going to say, beautiful Floridian conditions. It's a little bit cloudy, I hear, from you, but at least there are cars going round on the track. Yeah, it's a remarkable situation. If if all had been well, we would right now be 90 minutes from the end of the race, uh, which is, gives you an idea of how things have been delayed. The, the storms at sea have delayed the shipping containers. Most of the containers didn't actually arrive until about nine o'clock to midnight last night. Uh, frantic setting up by all the European-based teams. And we've managed to, to get 24 cars on track this morning. Um, most of them seem to be running fine. You know, some of the cars uh, have been, you know, obviously went into the container, still need some work done. Oh, I'll stick it in the container. I've got a couple of, weeks, a couple of days when it gets out. But no, they've had to do the overnight work and the setup. And of course, the thing is, it's not quite as simple because the European teams are setting up in American pit lanes. So not only do you have your, your awning-based pit, you also have to set up your uh, uh, behind-the-wall um, 
structures and control and command centers. So it's a massive undertaking, and that's just from the teams. And before we get to the TV and preventing themselves, I am surprised that, that members of the preventing team still have hair. I thought they would have torn it all out by now, Johnny. <laughs> Well, um, qualifying has already begun and actually it was a free practice session effectively straight in to a qualifying session. So, you know, you will have had a couple of moments maybe to fuel the cars and the next session becomes live. That's how condensed, I guess, the schedule has now become, Nick. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 start, they, they designed the schedule on the basis that they finally thought that on Thursday because they finally they knew when the containers were going to arrive and it turned out they ran about four to six hours later but the idea really is to get it they've had two and a half hours of, of open practice that's all the teams and this half hour qualifying and then there's a, a, a bigger break than usual between the qualifying and the race I think that's very much to allow people to do some of the stuff that they haven't done some of the pre, the race prep they haven't done these cars will have come out of the uh, of the containers and the effectively run for, you know, let's get them out there so they can run for a couple of hours and there's things you do you know to put the car into full endurance spec there's things like brakes and 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 the rest of the car and the setup and, the, and various parts you'll change prior to the 24 hours but that's why they decided to get this big gap after this practice so that people then do all that, that endurance work whilst having got the cars out on the road got people were taken through up to five drives of practice and, and gone from there. I mean, one thing I must say is that if you're one of the teams that are here because you are based in the US or you've rented a US car like Colin White has, you've had a bit more of an advantage because they've been running two or three hours uh, in the last couple of days as well. Because I think preventing saw there's no point in just sitting there doing nothing. So they put on what was called track days for them. But uh, yeah, I mean, the cars are now rolling out for qualifying and it's, it's amazing to see the cars. Because realistically, I was having conversations yesterday and there was still what if, if one last hurdle hadn't been overcome at half past four yesterday this race wasn't happening it got that close but they managed to get past that hurdle at half four and get everything else out and, and, and down the track and that hurdle was can you say probably not um, it was basically down, down to the, the port and the, and the hours the port work um, you know they were still unloading when the port was supposed to be closed so they managed to get a, a VIP and a conversation to keep the port open wow so, yeah, as you say, I mean, had they closed up early, then um, unfortunately this race would not have happened. But amazingly, they have turned the, the tanker around, if you like, uh, to, uh, put, to put a pun on um, the key phrase, which was just getting the containers on site initially uh, beyond that bad weather. And now we are set for a five o'clock local time start. So uh, just after 11.30 at uh, this famous racetrack, the Sebring International Raceway. 30 minutes of qualifying happening right after free practice, which began at 9 o'clock this morning. And then once 12 o'clock rolls around, that will be the end of qualifying, bar any stragglers, of course, which will take us to a couple of minutes beyond 12. And then all of the teams, all of the drivers, will have until 5 o'clock local to prepare for the race. We'll have the build-up towards the first ever Hancock 24 Hours of Sebring before that here on RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. We'll get back to Nick very shortly indeed. Time's already starting to come in, including for the number 18 Audi of Rutronic Racing by TECE, and it is Elia Earhart who's doing the qualifying in that, at least in the initial stages, 205.940 from Robert Renauer's 91 Porsche, which is one of a couple of Herbert Motorsport 911 GT3. So Renauer is only 0.225 of a second slower. Then Wolfgang Triller in the sister Herbert Motorsport Porsche 
Uh, fourth position, the early pace setter, 278, which is one of the TCX cars. That's the CWS Engineering Genetta G55 that Nick was um, talking about for Colin White, uh, but it's being uh, qualified by Joe Burris in his Genetta G55 and having done a time of 2.21.514 very early on in the session. That car initially set the pace overall but uh, remains the TCE pace leader in fourth position ahead of Matthew Taskinen uh, in the 188 car which will be a TCR machine. 188 is the AC Motorsport Audi RS3 for the Belgian squad and Matthew joining the usual drivers Rick Broikers actually not usual for AC Motorsport, but normally seen in the TCE class. With Breukers then switching ranks, if you like, to the Belgian squad and joining the regular drivers there, Mathieu Detrie and Stefan Perrin. 24 minutes to go. Johnny Palmer uh, then calling this session with, along with Nick Damon, John Hindoff, who will very much be part of our coverage throughout the course of the race as well. Uh, John, a, a word first of all for the astounding effort for all involved just to get oh. this event on. Well, let's just put this in perspective. Sorry, hello everybody. Hello. hello Johnny, hello Nick. Uh, let's just put this in perspective. The cars were meant to, the containers that came out of Rotterdam, uh, the usual Creventic organisation that gets everything to a central point and then they organise everything. So the cars... All the equipment, all of their race equipment, the TV equipment uh, was uh, supposed to arrive in early November and they got a little bit of a delay because there was extreme weather when it was being loaded, when the ship was being loaded at, at Europort at, at Rotterdam and then there was another delay in the Atlantic as they were coming across. The fact, as, as Nick says, that it got in, the ship actually got into port at Fort Lauderdale, Port Everglades, uh, yesterday evening. And the amount of effort that's gone into the clearance, the offload, then the road transport to get them here, and then everybody's toiled through the night, and we've had 24 cars out on the track. Our colleagues at Nullsweisweiheit said, or 221, the, the TV, they were only just getting their bits and pieces out of the containers to set up for TV yesterday evening. And we've, we're already testing. Um, we've seen some bits and pieces from the far side of the track, and it will all be ready before the race starts this afternoon. Apologies for those of you who were expecting to see some live pictures from here at Sebring uh, right now, but frankly, literally, they have not been to bed. They have been working right through the night. They're putting the final touches to that so that we have got a race broadcast. It's been extraordinary from everybody and the cooperation that has been given by the Port Authority, by the USA Customs, absolutely brilliant, absolutely superb. And the, the flexibility of Sebring mm. and IMSA as well, of course. Let's not forget, this is a collaboration between Corentic and uh, IMSA. Uh, and and Sebring itself, the flexibility to push this race. I thought the fact, you know, Nick made a great point. We, we, we're less, fewer than 90 minutes away from what the end of the race should have been. Uh, it should have been nearly over by now. To be able to do that and, and keep this event on for the people who wanted to come and be there, just... Just absolutely brilliant, and and the and the entry list, by the way, is is not diminished at all 
But there are some really good cars there. Headlining, and we should, I mean, for those who are listening in, headlining this is the fact that in the US, nobody's seen the new BMW M4 GT3. It's here. It's been run by what is termed BMW M Motorsport. That's Rahal Letnam and Lanigan. And the, the lineup in that car for its first competitive out- outing is absolutely stellar. It's extraordinary because they, are, they have dragged Bill Oberlin, I'm sure hardly kicking and screaming, uh, from Petit Le Mans weekend last weekend up at, uh, at, at Mission Raceway Road Atlanta. Uh, they brought with him his teammate from Turner Motorsport, Robbie Forley, uh, and they are joined by the two uh, BMW Junior drivers, Neil Verhagen, Max Hesse, and James Clay is in there as well. So this is number 82. It, it's not in the GT3 category because it's not yet homologated and been performance balanced but we've seen many manufacturers Johnny haven't we before using Creventic as a proving ground Audi with the Evo 2 of their R8 in the past we've seen BMW do it as well with the, the GT4 version of this car it's great to see this car here and there's and, and that's just one there is quality right throughout this field yeah, that's the 82 BMW, which uh, has run a Nürburgring in a NLS race previously. I'm pretty sure Correct. with Verhagen and uh, Max Hesse Correct. part of that they as were the well. Youngest, I think they were the youngest team to run um, in combined age at the, yes. at the Nürburgring. Well, yeah. the, it's easy to remember because both Neil and Max are 20 years old, um, so uh, ridiculously young because even when you lump in... Um, uh, Daniel Harper as well. That probably only takes them to 60, maybe 61 as a combined age. And Dan has been regularly racing with Max and Neil around the Nurburgring Nordschleife as part of uh, domestic rounds there. But fantastic to have James Clay as part of the lineup. And as John describes, Bill Oberlin and Robbie Foley. They're in the 82 BMW. Not turning laps though at this stage. And we have had nearly half of the session now. I hope that's nothing to be concerned about. Also, not yet seen in this session the 101 car which is another from the TCE division that's the Red Camel Jordans.nl Audi for the other two brokers so I've dealt with Rick who's in the 188 AC Motorsport Audi but father and other son Evo and Luke are in the Red Camel Audi car 101 with Kim uh, Holmgaard and Dom Bastian who is normally seen in well Porsches at Le Mans and uh, seen him drive uh, GT4 Mercedes as well. But Don Bastian getting some experience in the front-wheel drive touring cars this weekend. But 101 not yet seen either. 421, which is the uh, Team ACP Tangerine Associates BMW M4 GT4 for Catesby Jones, Jim and Josh Norman and Ken Goldberg. 470 and 907, neither of those uh, seen yet either the Nola Sport Porsche 718 Cayman and 907 is the RPM Racing Porsche for Tracy and Tracy Crow Nick Johnson long time uh, uh, driving partners those two of course Patrick Hausman and Andy Lally so the RPM Racing Porsche oh. I'm thinking is going to be in uh, Tracy Crone Green 
Haven't caught a glimpse of the 907 car just yet, but yeah, the spotter's guide would suggest as such. Um, as now, actually, Tracy Crone appears in the 907 car. Back to John in a mo, because he's obviously uh, been listening to us and realises he needs to get uh, into, the, into the session relatively sharpish. But we have had a change uh, as far as the fastest time is concerned, John. It's now the Leipert Motorsport Lamborghini. Now, that is not a cup car anymore that's a full-out gt3 machine hence the reason why the 10 car can compete with the other gts at the sharp end of the field and brendan leach in his Huracan gt3 goes fastest by half a second 203.2 impressive time i, I obviously we know this track very well from our imsa uh, radio exploits um gt3 um we are uh, looking uh, at, you know, we're looking at the best time of 2.03.2 at the moment for that uh, Brendan Leach car, I think. Uh, and that's that's competitive. There are a couple of seconds away from Pat Long's GT3 lap record, or GTD as it is in IMSA, to 2 minutes 0.808 that was set this year at Sebring. Sebring was much later in the year than normal, of course. And uh, that was uh, set, as I say, this year, 2 minutes, 0.808. I'll also throw in the Carrera Cup lap record, which Seb Prior set uh, at Sebring this year with a 2.02.999. And the GT4 lap record is held by uh, another Porsche. So all of the relevant lap records for the, for the classes that we've got here, that I, I don't have a TCR. Oh, I should be able to find a TCR lap record. I'll come back, I'll come back to that in a moment because they're, they're on Mission Pilot Challenge. Um, 2021 GT4 Cayman Club Sport Jan Halen with a 2.10.889. Those are the lap records in IMSA competition. IMSA very much a part of this. I'll now, whilst you describe what's going on in the timing screens, because I'm seeing some light greens and some magentas, I'll let you describe that and I'll go and find a TCR lap record. Okay, well, the, yeah, the first green that I spot is the 9.89 Porsche. Um, well, having said that, is a Porsche. It with a, a number nine at the sharp end. Um, yes, will be a Porsche Cup car, but not running in uh, the 991 class. It is actually in GTX uh, for Jaren Nemo Guzman, and uh, Guzman's done a 208.368. So GTX category containing a couple of Porsche 911 GT3 Cup cars, the Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo of Leipzig Motorsport. So they do have a couple of cars here. The 710, though, remember, is the Super Trofeo, the Evo car. So uh, will be very good on the straights here at Sebring, but uh, not so good through the corners compared to a GT3 machine. And also in GTX is the Vortex 1.0 for Philippe Bonnel, Boris Gimont, Sebastian Lajoux, and Philippe Azebrook. So an all-French lineup. I pretty positive in saying that for the French car and 701 is 11th and 4th in the GTX division other green times for Nick Whitmer in the GT4 438 that's a BMW from ST Racing Samantha Tan's team and Nick Whitmer is the fastest GT4 car now with a 211.658 and Sebastian Lejeune who's just taken over that Vortex car 701 has done its fastest time with a 214.329. But it is still Kiwi Brendan Leach, having done five laps in the session, that is fastest in the Leipzig Motorsport 
Huracan GT3. 2.11.9 was his last time, but his best at 2.03.6. But scratch that because across the line to go uh, 1.6 seconds faster than Brendan's time is a certain Marcus Winkelhock in the Rootronic Racing by TECE Audi. Marcus sharing that car with Elliot Earhart, who was out in the early portion of the session. And also Sven Herberger and Michael Doppelmeyer will be driving it during the race. But Winkelhock surely, on average, the fastest driver of that quartet. And he's proved it in the qualifying times. A 201.6 brings that car to the front. That is impressive, particularly as Rootronic were a little bit late on parade JP they didn't get their car out of the container and sort of quite early on although they did go to the top of the class within a few laps and Winkelhock is dialing himself in very very quickly indeed um, I can offer you a um, fastest lap in class for the uh, for the TCRs uh, which obviously a part of the Mission Pilot Challenge at the event earlier on this year, which I think... Oh dear, God. It's not the way I wanted that presented. It's going to cause me some issues. OK, fine. Um, I'm, I'm presuming it's going to be the Hyundai Veloster. Yes, it is. It's Denis Dupont. Uh, race in the race. It was 214.799 for that. 214.799. Now, I'll, that was this year. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll now go back and start checking some other bits and pieces. This is where we need a Jeremy Shaw, isn't it? But he's on holiday, sunning himself uh, at the moment. Uh, so so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look at that. But that at least gives you some idea, uh, mm -hmm. Johnny, of, of where the times are. So that would be a, a two-minute point eight is the race lap record, race lap record for, for Pat Long. The... Carrera Cup, which is the new Carrera Cup car, 202.999 said Prior, and Jan Halen, 210.889 for GT4, and add to that then a 214.799 for TCR. That covers most of the classes that we've got here. Okay, well, that time uh, from earlier in the year done on a different tyre, remember, because we're powered by Hankook for the 24 hours of Sebring this weekend, so does uh, that slight variable we need to take into account. Miklas Bourne, who is the fastest in the TCE category with his TCR, has done a 216.087 and then turns that into an in-lap. So Miklas back into pit road. That's the Autorama Motorsport by Wolfpower VW Golf. There are two of them for defending champions Autorama. So they have car number one and car 112. And interestingly, just the three drivers named against 112, Antiburi, uh, Carrie Pecker, Laxident, and Roberto Ferry. So, ah, Miklas Bourne added to that lineup, I think I'm right in saying. Let's just check the uh, details of the spotter's guide in this weekend's programme for Car 112, although there's a chance, I suppose, that these um, driver lineups will be even uh, less out of date than the piece of paper holding uh, I'm holding in my left hand. Yes, yeah, still the three drivers, the two Finns and the Italian driver. So, Miklas Bourne. We can add, I'm fairly confident in saying, to the 112. And that will be four drivers, which is um, more manageable. Although Vinny Motorsport by Ebi Motors fancy doing it with three. Le Mans style, Fabrizio Broggi, uh, Nikolai Sergei Gorge and uh, Sabino De Castro for the Vinny Motorsports by Ebi Motors. 
Porsche in that uh, Romanian and Italian combination of uh, mechanics and teams. 955, that car is. And 955, having only joined the session fairly recently, has done three laps, has Sabino Di Castro at the wheel, and it is on another outlap. So it's been a fairly staccato session for that car. It did a, probably an outlap, a quick one, and then back in again. And maybe they're chasing a bit of setup in 955. I would expect that to be closer to the 991 class cars, of which Tracy Crone is one, trying to get a bit more track time in after that 90-minute session that started the day at 9 o'clock this morning through till half past 11. And this just a short, sharp 30-minute qualifying session, not split. So all of the cars entered for the race today at 5 o'clock uh, out on track together. We do now have the BMW M4, by the way, car number 82. It's James Hurrah. Clay who's been given qualifying duties there, John. Uh, that's very interesting. Uh, I would suggest, however, they've been there for longer than the European teams this week. Yes, it's a new car to them. They, I don't think they'll need to learn the track. They've, they've had a lot of pounding around in that beautiful BMW Motorsport Colour Cup. It's one of those liveries, JP, isn't it? You can't, you simply can't spoil a car or a motorcycle by put, putting the M Sport or the Motorrad stripes on it. it. It just, and whether it's on a on a white car as this one is, or we, we see, uh, we've now retired, of course, the GT Le Mans M8 after Motul Petit Le Mans last weekend. But even on the black car, it looked absolutely fantastic. I would love somebody to make some motorsport stripes for my BMW K1600 GT because it would look just great on the side of that bike. You cannot make a car or a bike look worse with the BMW M Sport stripes. It's 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 impossible. I agree, uh, but to also that menacing look to this uh, the new M4 yes. with the snarling nostrils almost of that central grille and uh, the um, the yellow headlights by the looks of things. Now that's probably a press shot that appears in the um, in the program. Uh, but yeah, can't wait to see uh, when that runs in the night time. Uh, how striking that uh, paint will look as well under the some some floodlights oh, yes. around this place. But it's also very Not dark much. in others. Yeah, exactly. Or oh, Johnny, even for the, the the you know the Mobile One Twelve hours we've seen in the past, and you've been a part of it before. You've been here when there's been Super yeah. Sebring as well, and and doing the the TCR and working with us on on IMSA Radio. It, it's quite dark out on the far side. Uh, towards you know Cunningham Corner and then up to Tower Turn, uh, it is it is pretty dark out mm. there and, and darkness falls quickly at this time of year. So we'll be looking. I think it, from memory at Road Atlanta last weekend, and we're seven days further on, so it had advanced. It was just after half past five sunset, and twilight ended at pretty much six o'clock. So you can probably you've normally had about a minute a day under that. So you know. That's going to be dragging it back. So it's going to be around about 20, 25 minutes past five uh, Eastern Standard Time uh, and and therefore about 10 minutes before six to be in darkness. Uh, that's going to put a lot of this race uh, into the darkness. The temperature will drop uh, with a, a, a hard finish uh, at five o'clock local time on Sunday. So whatever time we get started, we have to be checkered flag at five o'clock Sunday uh, here at Sebring International Raceway. Charles Espenlaub, with a bit of local knowledge perhaps, has now separated Marcus Winkelhock and Robert Renauer at the top of the times. Now, 
I should have looked up whether Robert Renault has ever run here before. He certainly run at uh, Daytona at the 24 hours. Whether he continued on for the next race that season, I'll need to scout out through the archives. But there may be a bit of track learning taking place for Herbert Motorsport and Charles Espenlau with a 202.7, taking advantage, therefore, of that uh, lesser experience for the car that is in third position, number 91. So Rutronic with their Audi, number 18, and Marcus Winkelhock's time, a 201.627, is fastest from Charles Espenlau's 85 CP Racing Mercedes, and then Robert Renault's Porsche, first of a couple of Herbert Motorsports entries, the second of which can be found in fifth position for Marco Seafried, and the number 10 car for Brendan Leach in the Leipzig Motorsport Lamborghini, uh, he slipped down to fourth position, but that is still a second-row start uh, on the outside of the second row. Kenton Cook in the 710 Leipzig Motorsport car means that uh, that GTX car, both of the Leipzig machines are into the top six overall. And James Clay wasting no time at all in that unhomologated BMW M4. He's got it up to seventh fastest now. Uh, which is uh, a P4 entered car, as it uh, we've had P4 for the uh, the new Audi previously as well. Uh, so P4 being utilised again, but we will be possibly ignoring that um, label for the weekend because we're really interested in how that 82 BMW gets yeah. on through the course of the weekend. Even though it's it has been compromised a little bit because Creventic don't want that starting to beat the GT3s already. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's it's vital data for everybody who has a GT3 category. Hello to Jerry, who's on site. He was up at uh, Turn 8 earlier on uh, when I was swapping text with him. A little bit of overcast here, slightly threatening. I've just... A couple of things, Johnny. Mm -hmm. I know we're getting close to the end, and we'll run through all the times for everybody in a minute. Confirmed that that uh, Denis Dupont 214.799 TCR lap in the race uh, of the Allen J120 this year was indeed the fastest uh, a TCR car's gone round. So that's what TCRs are looking at, 214.799, to give you an idea. Um, and we are looking at 13 hours and 17 minutes between sunset tonight and sunrise tomorrow morning. So that's more than the entire Mobile One 12 hours of Sebring. That's right up there with Daytona and Dubai 24 hours, which are normally our two races that vie a minute here and a minute there uh, for what is the longest amount of sunset to sunrise racing. I think this year it was something like 13.24 apiece, I seem to remember. Actually, I might have only been 12.24. I'll go back and look that up. But it's right around that time quite windy as well. Uh, well, yeah, that's the other thing to bear in mind is that uh, the wind um, obviously surrounding the storm that has had a major effect already on this weekend uh, is evident by the flags, the uh, stars and stripes fluttering, well, probably not uh, a, strong, a strong enough word there, billowing at various points around the racetrack. So depending on where that's catching the cars, that could be having an impact on lap times. Uh, certainly, uh, you'll be wanting uh, the headwind heading towards the corners where you're wanting the downforce. Ullman straight, though. It'd be nice to get some wind behind you heading towards <laughs> uh, Sunset Bend at turn 17, 17A and B, which is right towards the end of the lap and that famous uh, area where the cars start to porpoise through oh. the right-hand hairpin where there's very little grip at speed. Uh, Marcus Winkelhock 
Oh, has turned that into an inlet. That's interesting. He was up through the first sector and yes. the second sector and now pits, but he'd gone purple up till that point, John. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if the chequered flag might have just... No, it shouldn't have just come out. I think there's still about a minute to go, mm. isn't there? Just a quick note on cars we hadn't seen. Jason Hart's just taken the Nola Sport Porsche 718 Cayman out of the pit lane. That's the 470. Still not seen at the moment. The team ACP... Uh, uh, the, that's the Tanger Associates BMW M4 GT4. That car was the car that brought out the... Uh, actually, we didn't have a red flag. We had a long code 60. Went off a turn 17 earlier on uh, in the, uh, the free practice session. Uh, and uh, that... Uh, it did actually drive away, I think, um, because I've got messages that says it did. But there was quite a lengthy... Yellow, uh, sorry, full course purple, uh, code 60, whilst the tyre barriers were uh, removed. So uh, we can, I think, assume that the 421 is still being worked on, but it was out in the free practice early on. The, the, the slight issue, of course, here for the European teams, Johnny, is that we are working an American pit lane. We are in the traditional pit lane at the start-finish line. And great to see some fans here as well on the uh, the front straight, but but that means that you can't work in the uh, in any kind of major repairs in the pit lane. The car has to be taken quotes behind the wall, close quotes, and back to the paddock. Now you know that is very different from what we see normally in Creventic 24 Hours Hankook Racing because we're normally at at Formula One tracks, and therefore you've got a big pit lane. And a big, uh, a big garage, as well. Through turn one, the bright, the now blue and black number two seven eight for CWS Engineering and Jean Francois uh, Bruno has just taken the chequered flag. Two Autorama cars have just taken the chequered flag. Herbert number ninety one has taken the chequered flag. As has the Leipzig Motorsport Brendan Leith driven uh, Lamborghini, and it's still that. CP, oh, now that's interesting. I was about to say it's still the CP racing car at the top of the times, but Rootronic have just gone to the top of the times. Uh, uh, no, that, maybe was, that, my that was the case. Um, Espen Lab, I think it only got to second, and right. 1.1, yeah, it, it, that gap may have lessened slightly, but I don't remember right. seeing Charles above Marcus Winkelhock, okay. who really did set the pace mid-session. He's a, he's a good lad. <laughs> um, it is raining. It is yes. raining out on the far side of the circuit going in to Cunningham Corner. Sorry, going into Tower Corner. Um, just starting. And again, sorry, we haven't been able to bring you live video. We will get that for the race. But there's no blocks on it. So whether you're in the USA or you're further afield, the wind is picking up. The flags are at 90 degrees from their flagpoles, flag staffs as we call them here. Uh, although some of the flagstaffs are actually leaning over at a bit of a jaunty angle and there is some dampness and precipitation in the air. We'll keep an eye on that as Johnny Palmer uh, reads you the times from the combined qualifying session uh, after the 30-minute session. Again, the guy's working really hard to get the TV set up. It will be here for the race. We promise you that. Johnny, how's it standing for the grid for the 24-hour 
Endurance Series here at Sebring. Well, just about everybody is back. I'm just counting them in. Um, it's interesting, again, that Brendan Leach decided... Uh, well, he stayed on the track, but the final sector, despite being up through one and two, just wasn't quite good enough to close that 39 thousandths of a second between his time in the Lamborghini and Robert Renauer in the Porsche. So Brendan, unfortunately, doesn't get to switch sides on the second row. But it will be Marcus Winkelhock's time set earlier on in the session. And he pitted with three or four minutes to go, uh, had some time in hand because it could have actually gone even faster than the 201.627, but didn't need it at the end because the cushion of 1.1 is more than sufficient for the German driver for the German outfit, Rutronic Racing by TECE with their Audi R8 LMS GT3. So then 1.1 seconds slower, Charles Espen Lab for CP Racing, the home team, and their Mercedes-AMG GT3 will start again as one of the favourites, I'm sure, for the first ever Hankook 24 Hours of Sebring. Then Robert Renauer, the uh, Herbert Motorsport Porsche, setting a 203.195 from Brendan Leach, 203.234 in his Lamborghini. Then it's Marco Seafried in the sister Herbert Motorsport Porsche, his time a 203.2 from the 204.3 of Kenton Cook in the GTX pace-setting Leipzig Motorsport Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo. So best GTX car found in sixth position. Then the P4 category, which is just the one car, remember, the invitation entry, effectively, of the BMW M Motorsport M4 GT3 of James Clay, car 82, seventh. Sebastian Moreno, still not shown as crossing the line yet, or actually heading back out for an outlap. Now, presumably he wasn't uh, greeted by a red flag at the end of the pit lane, but uh, he was allowed back out onto track despite the chequered flag being displayed. Another GTX car, this, the MRS GT Racing Porsche for uh, Moreno and a 206.773, its best time. Then Sabino Di Castro for Vili Motorsport by Ebi Motors. Porsche Cup car, this, the Gen 2 991. 208.084 will be the best 991 class car. And Jeronimo Guzman in the uh, Porsche from MRS GT Racing, 208.368. That'll complete the top 10. Uh, GT4 topped by the 438 ST Racing BMW for Nick Whitmer. And in the TCE category, it was Miklas Born, the Swiss, who hangs on in car 112, an additional entry to put into the number 112 Autorama Motorsport VW Golf to add to their three longer-established drivers. And it's going to be an Autorama 1-2, in fact, because Emil Heyerdahl spent a bit longer getting to the important end of the timing screen for uh, the Swiss crew Autorama Motorsport, but did get there in the end by 0.291 of a second, falls short of pole position, uh, 215.3. Then Mathieu Detrie for AC Motorsport in their Audi, John Bruno in the CWS Engineering Genetta G55. He's a uh, class leader as well. 215.881 for the TCX pole sitter alongside Guillaume Romain for Nordschleifer Racing in their Ligier JS2R. And that car's time at 216.461. So qualifying is done. The race is five hours away from now, so starting at uh, five o'clock local time. But remember, we'll be on air before that for the build-up and, of course, the much-expected, much-anticipated Nick Damon gridwalk as well in whatever weather he is presented with because the rain has started to come down now. 
very, very blustery around the racetrack as well. So if you are in the UK, we will be on air from 9.30 tonight. You can wind that forward an hour if you're in Central Europe. And indeed, if you're in the States, take five hours off it. So five hours behind for the state of Florida and the whole of the East Coast. Hope you've enjoyed that. And it's been quite a wait. We appreciate. But thank you for your patience as well. All for understandable reasons. We'll get plenty more from Nick Damon. Plenty more from John Hindoff as well. Peter Mackay, Peter Snowden. Uh, Nick Damon and Andrew Marriott, part of our coverage as well. So we will have um, all of the initial part of the race live right here on RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. And then for Sunday, the run to the flag. Join us then. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.